everybody. Welcome to this mini-sode, uh, Hear No Evil, See No Evil, Speak Some Evil, where we're going to give you some updates on some past episodes. Some things have come to light in the last few weeks, and we want to give you an update on some things we've covered. Yes, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. First one up, we got an update on our Golden Juice Award first-time winner, O.J. Simpson. Oh, Lord. So apparently O.J. Simpson's man, former manager, Norman Pardo, says that O.J. did not act alone. He says that he has definitive proof, and he is in the development of a new docuseries that supposedly will bring to light evidence once and for all that will prove O.J. did not act alone. In the killing of... His ex-wife. And also Ron Goldman. Brown since, and yes, and Ron Goldman. And also, apparently, he and his producers are pitching this to premium cable networks and streaming services with the idea that they'll basically get to make kind of like an OJ, the one on ESPN. Basically, the truth will get out there. I mean, well, I, for one, can't wait. And I will definitely watch this series. And it matters and it doesn't matter because... He's already been tried for the crime, so sure. he can't be tried again. But it's good that we will have definitive answers. And I just find that case to be fascinating. So anything that comes out about it, I usually watch. I believe OJ is episode two and three. Uh, no, no, no. That's Golden State Killer. It's three and four. Oh, three and four. four and five. Sorry. Four and five. So if you want to go back and listen to those episodes, they are episode four and five. And when that docuseries comes out, you know we're going to watch it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And probably do a minisode about it. Definitely. So the next update we have for you is about the Dyatlov Pass incident. This was episode 14 that we did. So apparently now, Valentin Degteryov, a longtime Dyatlov Pass investigator, claims he has found a previously unknown crater approximately 30 meters in diameter, about three kilometers from the location of the pass on the eastern side of the mountain, Dead Mountain as it's called. Degteryov concluded he was looking at the remnants of a weak nuclear explosion, which turned rocks in the area to a reddish glass. Military testing of nuclear weapons or a crash of an errant nuclear missile has been one of the theories presented to explain, in particular, why traces of radiation were found on some of the clothing of the victims and their bodies, and why some of the bodies mysteriously had orange skin and gray hair. That's what one of them's sister said. There's yes. no way that the elements could have done that. Ooh, yes. a nuclear blast. Mm-hmm. Also, the site was immediately sealed off and the records were suppressed by the Soviet government, hinting at a cover-up of a secret military operation or accident. That's true. If they they messed it up and they accidentally crashed a missile, then they probably Oh, yeah, they're going to cover that One time Uncle up. Jerry accidentally crashed a missile in uh, Colorado. What? <laughs> Why did he have, What was he doing with a missile? Uh, mashing buttons at his army base, it turns out. And oh. he's like, well, we couldn't find it until the snow melted. <laughs> but it didn't hurt anybody? It didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> Just landed in the middle well, of the mountains. Well, then, this, this is seeming more and more like a prop, very probable cause. Exactly. Well, a nuclear explosion, even a weak one, would have dispersed radiation on all of the equipment and their clothing and affected all of their bodies, which is kind of why these series have been discounted. Mm. While the Soviet government was indeed highly secretive and controlling, its eventual demise resulted in all of the records being released and none indicated a nuclear explosion. Well, counterpoint. They shredded it all. Oh, yes, yes. They (laughs) covered it all up. Degterov, though, seems to have found something he believes can only be explained by a nuclear explosion. And there's actually a video of this that we'll post on our Instagram 
that shows an image at about 56 seconds that he's talking about. So it's winter right now in the Urals, so he won't be able to mount an expedition to really see what's going on until spring when everything melts. It seems strange with the amount of investigating that has already taken place in and around the pass that no one has found it before. Again, though, the nuclear option doesn't really explain all the unusual injuries we talked about in the episode, the broken bones without an external wound, the missing tongues and eyes, or the report by another group of hikers about 50 kilometers away who claimed they saw strange orange spheres in the sky that night. But this is there's something to be said for this. It's very interesting. It's super interesting. But like, why would they cut the inside of the tent out? Like, why wouldn't yeah. you just unzip and run? Like, I don't know. Well, maybe they heard it crash and they were like trying to get out. And they just panicked. Yeah. Well, that's true too. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I still think it was the abominable snowman. Yes. <laughs> it was the Russian Yeti. Always interesting though. Whenever uh, any any time new information comes out on something like this, it's like an unsolved mystery. We yes. want to know about it. So. Of all the episodes we've done. That one ranks up where there with the one that I was legitimately creeped out by the most. Yeah, because you just cannot figure yeah. out what happened to them. Yeah. It's so it's very interesting. And that interesting. was a listener uh, suggestion on that article. So thank yes, you so much. Daniel for... Alter, very nice guy and friend, uh, sent us this article to uh, give us an update on this. So shout out to him yeah, for just... keeping us updated on yeah. everything. If you Yeah, so if you see anything, send it to us. The next one we want to cover is Congregation for the Light. Which was episode... 16. 16. Yes. And the we, New York Manhattan-based cult. Yes. The New York Manhattan-based cult that only lets you take vacation in August and yes. makes you have owls in your house and doesn't let your kids go to school. Yeah. So and we t- have... Tom, is it Tom that's the, their leader? The, yes. And uh, he's in charge. Well, we had an Instagram uh, follower and friend of the podcast, well, a listener, send us a message and she said, don't use her name, but she did say she has a friend that's in that religion and that some of the things that the article... And the information we used for the episode, which is from a disgruntled former member, mm-hmm. she claims that her friend that's in it is not really in a cult. Like, they can leave anytime they want, that they're super nice and generous. They don't have owls in their house. They take vacations outside of August. She said that, you know, maybe there is something kind of secretive because I guess she's technically a no-not and her friend is in the religion. But that the daughter goes to college. They don't marry them off. They haven't seen that. So she was saying that... And she asked her friend, you know, like, well, do you really believe that people were born without belly buttons in the lost city of Atlantis? And the friend was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about mm-hmm. at all. So I wonder if, you know, they're on some like maybe a branch of it that's taken the good part mm-hmm. and extracted the bad part. But it was very. Which is like every religion. Yeah. And I said, you know, you can know someone that was a Scientologist and that while they're in it, even they aren't really like trying to make people, you know, recruit people and make others suppressive. Sure. You know, they're in it because they genuinely believe in bettering the earth or whatever yeah, the they believe main message might be. But I really appreciated the firsthand experience that she had and the firsthand knowledge she was willing to share. And I told her, you know, I pre- you know, thanks for sending that because we can only go by what's been published. Yeah. And that was an anonymous blog and then multiple articles interviewing this guy and some photos and, but mostly like the paperwork, you know, you can't get a hold of cause Tom keeps it in a box somewhere. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it was interesting to hear another side of it, I guess that Definitely. maybe this is a religion that's just being demon by a former member yeah. or maybe this is a disinformation campaign no, i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm still in that area maybe her friends really trying to brainwash her into thinking this cult is the best thing that's ever happened and it's just a trap no i've just been we were talking about area 51 conspiracy so <laughs> I, I think everything's a conspiracy so but along the same lines like if any of you have 
ever witnessed or, or been part of firsthand any of the stuff we talk about, we'd love to hear a different point of view. Absolutely. Any cults or if you were, you know, if you were there when JFK, if you were one of the people like watching the motorcade go by when JFK was assassinated, like hit us up. Fun. We would love to have you on and talk about that stuff. I was going to say, funny you should say that. So our JFK episodes were episodes 25 and 26. I had a friend tell me that she interacted with a gentleman who was a retired Dallas police officer and that he told her that he was working the day that JFK was shot and was brought in to the Warren Commission. And they basically, he and all of the police buddies were completely sure that there were multiple shooters from multiple angles. They were all out there when it happened. And he was brought in to testify before the Warren Commission that his testimony was consistent with that of his peers. And that at the time, three people were recording his testimony. It was a stenographer, someone taking shorthand and an audio recorder. And what would happen is you would testify and then they would prepare your testimony written, like your oral testimony. They would create a written version, send, they bring you in, let you read the written version, give you a pen and say, mark out what you don't think is accurate and correct it. And the officer got in, read what he supposedly had said and said, this is nothing like what I said. This isn't even close to my testimony. And he basically put a big X through it. And they say, mark out the things you don't agree with and correct them and then sign it. And he said, I'm not going to sign this because it's not even close to what I originally said. And they're like, well, we must have had some typos. He's like, it's not a typo. You wrote. You rewrote what I said. Exactly. You rewrote what I said. And he went back to the station and asked his buddies and they said the same thing. And some of them were like, I didn't sign it. And he's like, I didn't sign it either. And they still use their testimony (gasps) for the even though they didn't sign it. Even though they didn't sign it. Because, I mean, what are you going to do? Go against the federal government? But they had all said, we... Well, also, they don't give a shit if you sign it or not. They're using whatever they want to use. Exactly. And so he said he was, like, so sure that that was not his testimony. And he's like, there's no way they could have misheard it. They just made it up. Yeah. So that was firsthand. Well, for me, thirdhand now. Because it was a friend told me about her interaction with that man. But... Yeah, it's super interesting. Another friend of the podcast slash co-designer of our logo, Franklin, was talking about when he was a kid that they would visit Lee Harvey Oswald's grave, which is in Fort Worth. It's a nice and, family trip. Yeah, he and his mom would, like, talk to um, Lee Harvey Oswald's wife, and she maintained his innocence. So, How did they meet her? I guess she lives around there. I don't know. Maybe she hangs out at the... the was uh, Frank, is Frank... I don't know if she's still alive. Is Franklin's mom... A conspiracy theorist junkie? I don't think so. And I don't, she's not still around, but uh, I don't think she was a conspiracy theorist junkie. I don't know. Maybe she was paying homage to, hey, I don't know. There you go. But fascinating stuff. Thank you, Franklin, for sending that. I kind of want to go out there. Did you ever, when you were. Because Franklin was like, oh, yeah, next to Lee Harvey Oswald is a thing that says, a gravestone that says Nick Beef. And I was like, this is the best (laughs) thing. All right. Well, then we're definitely going. (laughs) Did you ever do, when you were in elementary school, did you go on field trips to cemeteries and do grave rubbings? No. (laughs) Was this something that. Only I did. Like what? you took, you these... went to a religious school. Yeah, that's true. You you took these giant like pieces of paper, like butcher paper, and you put them over the grave, and then you took like charcoal or crayon or whatever, and you like rubbed on it, and then on the and then it would like make the imprint. We did of that the grave for... on the paper. We I don't did... look now that I'm saying this out loud. Why were we doing? Yeah, this? why would they bring a bunch of kids to a cemetery? I don't know. I, I remember doing that in Washington D.C. on a field trip. That we did it for, like, uh, sculptures, like statues. Like, it was, like, you know. I think it was a historical cemetery that had, like, graves from who knows when. Famous. Yeah. Or just, like, even, like, the 1500s or something Mm. crazy like that. 
but that's still kind of a dark, macabre field trip to take your class on. And now that I'm saying this out loud, was this a fever dream? No, I did. This I mean, happen? I I have a I don't remember a lot from my childhood, which we've talked before. Like I don't know why it wasn't like traumatic. I just can't remember a lot. But I have a vivid memory of this, so I'm pretty sure it did happen. <laughs> Probably did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, also send us a message if your uh, elementary school ever made you go to a cemetery. And Maybe you happen to uh, have gone to elementary school with me. And please tell me if this really did happen. Like, go out there and rub some gravestones, kids. <laughs> but I don't want to, Principal Smith. Uh, well, yeah, so we, uh, that's our updates. We, at the end of December, we're going to do a Golden State Killer update with all of the stuff that's happened so far in the pretrial situation and, and all that stuff. And the Nexium update. There's and been we'll, some updates for that as for well. For the Nexium uh, case as well. So mm-hmm. that'll be a little bit more legal based, but this was just a little FYI and some of the, especially with JFK was so recently. Yeah. It's funny because once you have an episode, everyone's got, oh man, this happened to me. My mom did this. Or, so personal story. So we appreciate those. Like I we said, love them. if you see us walk in the halls of uh, Dallas Comedy House or on the, on the street or whatever, just <laughs> stop us. And I can't wait to be stopped on the street because somebody has recognized me from the podcast. That is my dream. Like, if you're like, oh, this is going to weird her out if I go up to her, it won't. It'll make my day. So please feel free yeah, to come to me and same. say, like, are you Christy, the one of the co-hosts from Sinisterhood? Yeah, or like if people send messages on Instagram, I'm like, they're like, sorry to bother you. I just want to tell you this. I'm like, you're never bothering no, me ever. I will see a notification on my phone and drop what I'm doing uh, to yeah. respond to someone because I'm so excited that someone like that we don't know messages. Yes, Even when so people nice. we do know messages, that's exciting too. Yeah. But <laughs> we just like friends. It's yeah, fine. we just like people that uh like what we're doing. Yeah. For real though, we do. And Thanks if you so do much. like what we're doing, uh hit us up on Facebook. You can like us on Sinisterhood. You can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Sinisterhood Pod. You can follow Heather at Twitter. Damn it. Have we tried to do this a minute ago on our other mini-sode? So we have two mini-sodes that are coming out today. Uh, the other one is Dal- uh, Heather's recent trip to the Dallas Psychic Fair, and then our episode about Area 51. And I, we tried to do each other's social media Let's just plays, do our own. But I forgot what they were. It's okay. So I you. can be found at Twitter at Christy or GTFO, and on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. I'm on Instagram at Heather vs. The World, Heather versus The World, or... Twitter is MCK vs. The World. There it is. And then you can like and subscribe and rate us on iTunes. That's super nice. Or wherever you get your podcast, Stitcher, all that good stuff. And also tell a friend that's even more helpful or tag us on social media or tag a friend on our post just so that they can know about it. Yeah. Super fun. We, see, we just, uh, right before we started recording this, we noticed we had several more iTunes reviews and those also make us so happy and it helps us out a lot and how we get bumped up in the ratings on that so thank you so much if you have left us a review it's super nice we appreciate it and definitely check out our other episodes and we will catch you next week yes as always the devil rules the airwaves keep it creepy sinister food.